This is episode number 114 with Elsie Osejo. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. There's no doubt that COVID has been tough for businesses of all sizes, geographies, and industries. In this podcast, I'm going to be exploring how one of the global leading bakery brands not only weathered the COVID storm, but grew substantially during the past 18 months. That's right. I've got an amazing story for you of how Bimbo Bakeries managed to overcome the turbulence of the pandemic, weather disruptions and logistics challenges that cracked many businesses, and grow at the same time. Joining me is Elsie Osejo, Director of Supply Chain and Sourcing Optimization at Bimbo Bakeries USA, who was on the front lines of leading the COVID strategy and the execution of it. Elsie is going to be delving into the three components of Bimbo's impressive survival and growth, and the one key component that is often overshadowed, despite being the active source of the resilience of a company. Now, as the Director of Supply Chain and Sourcing Optimization for Bimbo Bakeries USA, Elsie is responsible for managing a team focused on SNOP processes, OTIF, distribution, inventory, and cost reduction projects. She has extensive experience in global logistics strategy, managing logistics teams abroad, and trade compliance, and she's a huge champion of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and is actively involved in furthering this agenda. Now, I'm super excited to hear the Bimbo Bakery story, so I'm going to jump straight in. Let's do this. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much, Maria, for the invitation to your podcast. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm really excited about this podcast because it's a bit controversial because it's almost a bit different to some of the things that we've been talking about. I've been really, really buzzing about the latest technology to help organizations be agile. And you're here to tell me that we don't need it. We don't need all this technology. So I'm really excited to talk to you about it and hear your opinion about it. So, so, so why don't we just jump right into the questions I've got for you? Because I've got a lot. So I know that there's this buzzword that's coming up a lot in our podcast, especially because of COVID and the recent things that have been going on, but, you know, which is the word agility and agile. Uh, but to my understanding, uh, you guys at Bimbo Bakeries not only proved to be agile during the last 18 months, but in fact, you managed to grow your business exponentially during this period, which is huge. So is that right? That's right, Maria. And, and, and thank you for bringing that topic of conversation, because what I'm going to bring up, I mean, I'm, I'm not discarding technologies are actually an essential component to supply chain. But the agility component of, of companies is based on people, right? So how we were, we were able to grow was based out of, I will say, three components. One, we were very lucky to be in the food industry and we were servicing directly to the consumer. And as the consumer shifted from being to restaurants to grocery stores, that brought by itself tons of growth for us. The second component is the agility part of it, which is actually ingrained in our strategy. So Grupo Imbo, once we started all this uh, pandemic, what, what we realized is that we really needed to add agility to our strategy. So agility for us is not necessarily a technology, it's based everything on people and the mental agility, most of it. Why? Because we don't, we don't, we are not fixed on processes per se. We really need to be flexible. 
what I'm talking about is our planning is so, so changing every day. Mm-hmm. We are in the bread business. So as you know, the, the expiration date and the codes are very short. So yeah. we're able to really switch and, and capacities on our bakeries, uh, bakeries supporting each other. We were able to do skew rat- rationalization as well in order to serve the customer. So all of that mental agility really brought us to the essence essence of being agile, which is flexibility and start curse correcting with having the same goal in mind. And with that, honestly, if you have the people that have the right mentality, the, the, the positive mentality of really change and really curse correct in an instant, that's how you can really bring the execution into place of really servicing um, the supply chain mm-hmm. of, of, of the bread business. So I already spoke about being on the, on the correct industry, the agility part of it. And I think the, the one that the other component that really put the cherry on the top was that we were all united with one motto, which was feeding America while keeping associates safe. So if you see during this whole crisis, we were united by this and we were so um, compelled to really supply the bread to everyone in America and actually the world, if you think about it, because we are also a global company. And the other aspect of, of this motto was that we needed to do it safely and we needed to really comply with our safety standards and do it all the way. So I think that's 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 a controversial part of it, right? We really based everything our values in the, in the people, in our people, and that's how the agility component comes. So you so what you're saying basically is agility comes from people, not technology. You know, right. people first, right? So how how or what role do you think technology and your digital capabilities play in all of this? Um, I think the, the technology is a component of it, but doesn't necessarily drive, uh, uh, you know, part of, of who we are. So, for instance, one of the things that I have seen in other companies is that normally you replace te- technology with people. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily that. Technology transforms what people will be doing not necessarily cutting heads, if mm-hmm. you know what I, I mean, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, there's an understanding that you really need to justify an ROI, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to cut a lot of people. So, so for us, that technology is embedded, but honestly, the people is the one who make the technology successful, right? To really execute it, to really be trained, and to really switch from doing something to something more skilled. So I think, as I said, technology is a component, but it doesn't necessarily the success. Well, Part you, of you, know, you, know, you, you know what, Elsie? I mean, you're right. I mean, if you think about all the, all the digital transformation projects that fail, they pretty much have a lot of things in common. And one of them is that they are not supported by people or they, that the technology is not geared to the right culture. Uh, there's leadership challenges. So you could argue that, tech, that people first is a good strategy to take because without people you can't have the technology implementation right uh 
Yeah. So, right. so what was I going to say? And that's why they failed. You know what I mean? That that's kind of why they failed. So you've gone about it a different way, haven't you? Yes. I mean, I think one of the main things that we we do is we we do change management. Change management for us is is critical, right? Yeah. In every technology project, any technology implementation, uh, that framework of change management is so essential to really make it successful. So, do you think? Do you think that having that sort of change management attitude, you know, and people-minded attitude, was one of the key things that led to your success in a being agile and b growing your business? Right. Yes. I mean. Whenever we put a strategy together, right, it's, it's normally from very high level. Mm-hmm. But you really need to translate that strategy into tactics because at the end of the day, who will be making the technology or the processes successful is the people, the frontline who really mm-hmm. makes that happen. So sometimes there's a disconnect between the strategy and the tactics or priorities, however you want to call it. And that's when sometimes things fall apart too. So the most important thing about agility is to understand that. And there's also a component of change management into it. And if you see both of them are very, very ingrained on people. So let's go back to your people. You know, how, how were your people instrumental to your growth? They were, they were all, I mean, imagine uh, through all the the pandemic and also the social movement that we went through, um, one of the most important aspects that we value was to really having mental health. Mm -hmm. We were in a virtual world connecting uh, virtually with Zoom and team meetings that it was so draining for us as a whole, right? Because you had so many meetings after meetings, and you actually put more hours into your work. So it was a lot of draining there. So as the people are an essential part of who you are as a company and what you do, it was very important for us to really have a work culture of having mental agility, but also mental sanity in some way. Every meeting that we start, we we start with a safety and a culture shirt. The safety shirt could talk about, you know, wearing your PPE, being safe, uh, et cetera, that is aligned with our values. And the culture shirt will talk about more about, um, you know, our mental agility or what can you do in order to align with the mission and vision of the company. So, so, so hold on a second. I want to go back to that point. So you have, you have, shorts that's what you're saying so you have sort of safety shorts and cultural shorts in every meeting yes yes and and is that working i mean is that how has that been received it is working and let me tell you why because if you have a meeting for instance that you know that is going to be very challenging right you start with a safety short saying you know um is we're in the middle of the summer is very important to be hydrated or, or you can talk about wearing silverts while driving. And then the culture short, you can say something, you know, we are agile, we transcend and endure. And it's very important for all of us to really be very open-minded to what is going to be talked about in this meeting, about the goal of this meeting, which is going to be a collaboration of all these efforts in order to 
you know, have this yeah. project into place. So that's how kind of you started and guided. And, and you ended and how you ended. Yes, because exactly. So I, I'm, I don't want to fixate too much on these, on these points, but you know, sometimes it's the little things that, that count. And I think that, you know, as leaders, we make a lot of assumptions, don't we? We make a lot of assumptions that our people are going to stay hydrated that I don't, or that I don't need to remind them to stay hydrated or yeah, I'm just picking on the hydrated part, but you know what I mean? That we make assumptions that there's things that we don't have to say, but I think sometimes we do have to remind people, you know, we do have to a remind them and B, I think also show them that we care that we think this is an important priority. And if you set the guidelines from the get go in your meetings, then you're creating the kind of environment that is going to lead into the same direction that the senior managers are going right into aligning the goals of the business to the actual objectives of people. Right. Yes. And that also unites the group from the beginning. Right, mm-hmm. that you are actually pursuing that uh, as a whole, and that you are at the end, you're a human being, right? Yeah. So that's that's very important to keep that in mind. You said something earlier as well about um, uh, how strategy sometimes doesn't meet tactics, you know, and they're not aligned to that. And I think the agile business, the agile enterprise, is moving at a very fast pace, right? Yes. I I always go by the view, and I completely agree with this, which is that ideas are a dime a dozen. There are tons of great ideas out there, but the key is execution. The key is actually in making things happen quickly. So uh, how has that kind of mindset, the agile mindset percolated from senior management in your business all the way down to, you know, uh, people on the ground in the front line, as you say? Um. I, I can give you an, an example. I'm, I'm not going to necessarily talk about a specific brand, but I'm going sure. to go like to an overview, right? So one of the things we did during, during COVID, we, we had several uh, distribution contracts of one of our brands. So we're fusioning the brands together. They basically, they were using our distribution channel into, into EBGU. Mm-hmm. So one of the priorities, strategic priorities, was we need to do uh, as an SNOP process, right? Sales and operations planning process. Mm-hmm. So we were aligning everything. We were about to start the project, and then COVID happened. So all of our deadlines and everything, we knew we were just not going to be able to achieve at all. So. The agility part of it is that we need to switch gears, mm-hmm. you know, that intrinsically, if you think about it, we were kind of doing an SNOP, but underground, right? Yeah. Because whenever you have an act of God mm-hmm. or something as disruptive as COVID, you need to put things in place. You need to change capacities. You need to make the lines more efficient. You need to do skew re- rationalizations to really ramp up the volume so you can have that product into the stores because the bread was going so fast and mm-hmm. the snacks were going so fast. So we knew- And you couldn't have predicted it and you couldn't have predicted that. Exactly, exactly. We didn't know even how long it was going to take. So as a group, because we were integrating, we were actually having change management to really knowing the teams. We basically said, you know what? We need to change. 
we need to change this. We need to change this in a way that we know what the goal is. We need to supply the product and we just need to make this change, right? Of capacities, volumes to rationalization. We need to communicate that, of course, to our customer of what they will be expecting. So we put all that in motion. But as I said, if you think about it, that's kind of a sales and operations planning process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, but, but, so, but, but, but let, let me just go back to something else, which is what we said at the beginning about technology, you know, uh, and people. Do, do you think that there's an over-reliance on technology to solve all the problems? Yes, yes. Um, and and I, I can tell you an example. I, I was, um, we were importing some product and sometimes the border will shut down because the system doesn't work and you cannot cross anything. So there's an over-reliance sometimes of technology. There should be mitigations plans as to, you know, what, what can we do in order to circumvent that, which is mostly manual processes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so people need to know what to do whenever technology fails. And as I said, it boils down to the people too. Well, so do you really think that execution trumps strategy uh, and advanced technology? Well, execution is the, I will say, is it is critical for the strategy to be taken into place, right? Now, execution is based on how aligned the tactics are with your strategy. So if you think about it, if this execution is not there, the strategy falls apart. So- It's irrelevant. Strategy becomes irrelevant. Exactly. So you do need to have that aligned, tightened up to really make it work. And, and, and it's, I mean, it's a component of leadership, but it's a component of also motivating people to really align and to really feel part of what they're doing with this strategy. So what, what do you think, Elsie, is the reason why a lot of companies who are so obsessed with talking about agility and agile, uh, are, what do they do wrong? I mean, we're generalizing, we're, you know, generalizing. <laughs> Uh, but you know, where do you think the biggest failures are in implementing agile, uh, in their businesses? Um, I, I think, uh, sometimes you hear that it's a, it's a buzzword or a technology Mm. and you really want to spearhead that technology as fast as you can, because you want to be the first one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And, and sometimes you don't think about the repercussions or you probably deny it, the repercussions that may happen in the future. You need to think about it mm-hmm. and you really need to be very positive about it, but it's very important to really consider the, the three aspects, I think, of change management, right? Like, which is people, process, and, and technology. So if one of those components is not as firm Mm-hmm. to really implement that technology or like I will say like really descriptive to really fit the technology, it may fall apart. So not necessarily mistake, but misunderstanding of how impactful other variables of that technology implementation could come into place. Um, like probably it's disregarded, but it is very important. And what advice would you have to senior supply chain leaders or supply chain executives in general who are, 
you know, just now starting to see the end in sight for COVID or at least, at least you can see the horizon, right? So, but they want to implement agile in their business. So they want to become an agile business and grow. Um, I will absolutely recommend to see how flexible you are, how flexible Mm -hmm. your people are. That I will, I will switch it more to mental agility, but first it comes to self-awareness. Are you that kind of leader that can be flexible to shift gears and curse correct with a common goal, right? Mm -hmm. Once you have the self-awareness, then you can start communicating that to your team as to what you're expecting. And there's going to be a lot of pushback. Yeah. But if you really believe in it, and if you have examples and cases, you can make it happen, right? I mean, of course, there's so much more into that, but um, I, w- I will say be first self-aware if you're agile. And then portray See, that test your own team. test your own agility first is what you're saying. Exactly. Test your own agility. Yeah, because a lot of people think that they're agile and they think that you've used the word course, the words course correct quite a lot. Uh, and but I, you know, this if the one thing that COVID taught us is that we were course correcting into course into areas we weren't even we didn't even know where to go. I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to course correct into what direction. Right. And that's what COVID did is a throw a whole bunch of unknowns. What would have been what would you say have been your ultimate learnings from COVID from these last 16 months or so? Uh, that mental health is extremely important. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, um, I think if you don't have the, I mean, you can have the physical health, right? Uh, which can bring so many other components of how you feel, who you are. But the mental health, as people don't see it, they don't think there's may something wrong. Mm. In some in, in, in someone like some someone is passing through a really hard time because you kind of disguise it. So COVID, I think, has proven that mental health is not necessarily the physical aspect of it, right? Because it basically it affected us physically, yeah. but also mentally. So for me, that was the learning, like the mental health. I really needed to be with the mental health and really portray that also to my team to be mentally healthy to be, and, and to be mindful of that, to be mindful of that. Because, you know, if you remember the early days of COVID, I don't know about you, but I was working, you know, Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after team meeting after team meeting before you realize I, I, I didn't take a bathroom break or I didn't take a, I didn't eat or I didn't, you know what I mean? And it's like, uh, it felt overwhelming and you were in people's houses, you know, you were talking to people constantly on, constantly on. And I think, I think uh, if you're going to have agility in your business and look to grow, you need to be first, you need to be sound. You are need to be able to be, am I okay? Am I agile? Can I course correct? You know, am, is this going to be okay for me? Cause some people that freaks them out, you know, to so much course correction, they, they, they just can't handle that. So you need to, to do that first. Um, now, how do you think COVID will inform your future strategy and your focus areas? Um, I think future strategy, I mean, we have already implemented the agility into it, but I, I think also what we have done so much uh, recently is really embedding the diversity, equity, and belonging in, in what we do, right? So mm-hmm. 
It's also everything is based out of people component. So I think we'll still keep that path. Probably we'll add another variable of really being mentally healthy, uh, right? But other than that, I think I think we're in the right track with agility and diversity, equity, and belonging initiatives. Because it, you know what? Because it goes back to reinforce the point that you've made, which is if you are, you know, have the right people at you know, on your team with the right thinking, with the right sort of uh, mental agility, then um, create diverse teams, have people with different backgrounds, people that can handle things. So I I love that that's going to be forming part of your future strategy. Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to say, anything that you'd like our listeners to to know about, about, I don't know, what you've done, what what you've been dealing with in the last few months, you know, through COVID and how you've grown or any advice or anything else? Yes. Um, I, I have a real passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and on, on the, on the sidelines, while I was doing also all this work, uh, for, for BBU and also having some family time, um, one thing I was very involved in is to found, alongside other classmates of mine, uh, the the first um, Kellogg alumni for diversity, equity, and inclusion. So that by itself was a huge, huge huge thing because I believe we were probably the first alumni with that in mind. But honestly, we were, we had our strategy as I said, Maria, but we're aligning all the tactics also with with Mm -hmm. the school. And really bringing up to mind that the leaders that are studying master's degrees, normally the case studies that we have globally are not necessarily diverse Mm -hmm. or they don't touch equity or inclusion. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are very preset. So what we inquire is besides having diverse and and, and equitable uh, staff, uh, we really wanted diversity in cases. Yeah. Uh, our leaders needed that. Our leaders needed to know how do they really could be successful in this social environment and how to handle that. Um, so that's how this alumni uh, network happened because we graduated from the master's degree, but yes, we do have the leadership courses, but how do you know you are a diverse, equitable, inclusive leader? Mm. You don't know yet. Where are the you stories? Where are the stories? Where are the examples? Where are the, you know? Exactly. So I think that, as I said, it was happened on the sidelines and, and it, was, it was a lot of work, a lot of sweat and tears. But um, I'm very grateful with the school specifically, with Northwestern Kellogg, that were fantastic. And, and, and now I think it's, it's up to the sky. The sky is the limit right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it has been so grateful that during that experience, it has been also a learning experience and I'm still learning about it. Elsie, I think we look forward to hearing more about, you know, how this is going. Keep us posted on this because definitely it's something that we're interested in too. Um, you know, here we are, two women working in supply chain, having a chat, two Latin American women having a chat uh, about supply chain. And uh, you wouldn't have seen that a couple of years ago, that's for sure. <laughs> Many years ago, you wouldn't have seen that 20, 30 years ago. Uh, right. So, 
so it's, it's it, you know, progress. But I, I really enjoyed talking to you and I really enjoyed hearing the story about how you guys grew and how you guys uh, have managed to get that agile working environment in through people first and not the over-reliance on technology. I loved your opinion on that. So thank you for sharing it. Thank you, Maria, for the invitation. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Great. And for those of you listening, we'll catch you at the next one. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today at Transform Talks. I hope you found this valuable. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. I'll see you at the next one.